Hey, welcome back to the last shot, the last cast for the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO FM 94.1, 104.7, the KFGO mobile app, and don't forget KFGO.com. As always, I want to remind you that you can email me, OutdoorsLive at gmail.com. You can text Outdoors to 35270. I may not get it immediately, but I will get it and I will respond. Uh, still to come on the weekend edition of Outdoors Live, we're going to get you a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. We're also going to get you a podcast. Extra with Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Uh, you listen to Gone Outdoors at 11 o'clock on Saturday mornings, but not everybody can listen at 11 o'clock. Not everybody can catch the podcast. So appreciate being able to bring you a podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. But first, Pat Stockton is an award-winning outdoors communicator. She connects with hunters, anglers, bait shops, motels, resorts to give us a better idea of what people are finding or not finding outdoors. Pat Stockdale, take it away. Thanks, Doug. Checking elsewhere around North Dakota, this likely isn't a surprise, but fishing remains quiet throughout much of the rest of the state, even with warmer weather the past week or so. Granted, a few anglers are on the open waters of Devil's Lake and Lake Sakakwea, including where they're finding some nice walleye around the midsection in the Van Hook Arm, and a handful are working the spillway channel on the Missouri River tail race yet. But otherwise, docks are out of the water, a majority of anglers have winterized their boats, and, in general, are waiting for ice over, which, after the late October snow and cold snap, probably had some folks thinking that was going to happen sooner than later. But once again, Mother Nature owns us and leaves us guessing on what will happen weather-wise. The warm and windy weather took away snow cover for opening weekend deer hunters, and success was mixed. Several units had fewer available licenses, reducing hunter numbers, and overall success varied depending on one's location. Pockets of pheasants are still offering activity, and waterfall hunting is intriguing. The warm weather exposed food areas for the remaining ducks and geese that are across the state. Some birds remain on the open water of Devil's Lake, with pockets of mallards as well. There are still some good numbers in north-central North Dakota earlier in the week, with birds still in the east-central parts of the state. Look for fair numbers of geese remaining along the east end of the Missouri River system, but they've pretty much moved out of northwestern North Dakota, except on the open water of Lake Sakakawea. Birds will stay on the river and along the open waters as long as they can feed, but where they'll feed might depend on hunting pressure. So appreciate being able to bring Pat Stockdale to you with our Central Dakota Outdoors report. Read her work in Dakota Country Magazine. You can find her in many other publications nationally and across the upper Midwest. Pat Stockdale, an award-winning outdoors communicator with our Central Dakota Outdoors report. Hey, now the last cast, the last shot it's Scotty Brewer, Kyle Agri from Brewer and Agri Gone Outdoors. It's our podcast extra. Ryan Holt, third generation meat butcher, although he is not currently a full time butcher, he still does a lot of stuff in the butcher shop. How you doing, Ryan? Pretty good. How about you guys? Doing very, very well. It's deer season, man. It's How deer could we not season. be better? Yep, it's a busy time of year for the outdoorsmen now. For most hunters, just getting in the outdoors is a win. You know, that's why we do it. We want to go to deer camp. We want to go out, spend some time in God's creation, and get that outdoor time unwind a little bit. But 
also ultimately we like to be successful it's a win whether we are or not but if we are successful and we get to hopefully put some food on the table there's some things that we probably should do that will help make that meat as fresh as tender as it possibly can be once we get ready to eat it so which is why we got you on you've processed many 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 deers over the years what are some precautions we want to take? And let's start right from the time you find that deer and you come up on it. What's the first thing we need to do before we get our knives out and start thinking about field dressing? Yeah, just uh, um, you can always just make sure that uh, the deer is where you want it to. You can you can haul it, and of course, don't forget to do your uh, your deer tag and your registry. That's always important to get that done out of the way so you don't uh, forget and going down the road and realize that you didn't have your um, tag on the deer. A little bit of prep work before you go out, you know, it never hurts to be optimistic and bring with the equipment that you might need if you're successful taking a deer. So I always like to keep in my pack, you have your nice sharp knife and uh, a small handsaw is helpful. And of course, a jug of water, you know, take a gallon of water. Um, I always start out with it, uh, just hot water from the tap. And that can be so nice on the cold days. If you happen to have a thermos or a jug of warm water with just make sure that you're prepared when you go out, bring the equipment with that you need. You know, Ryan, one thing I'd like to add that I always make sure I have with me, uh, in case I ended up harvesting something is I always bring a couple Ziplocs. Because I, oh, like, yeah. I like to save some of the internal organs, yep. save the livers, and I like to save the heart. And I know a lot of people save a lot of different things. But a lot of that stuff's left in the gut pile. And if you don't got some place to put it, uh, you're going to be tempted to leave it out there, which isn't necessarily a good idea. Oh, yeah. So many times I've, I've been in the woods and you're holding, say, like the heart or like, say, the different, uh, different bits as you're gutting. And, oh, man, where do I put this? So, yeah, a couple gallon Ziploc bags in your in your uh hunting pack is great and you know even for the uh say your knife and stuff you don't want to put it back in your sheath with that you know how that deer fat cakes up on your knife and i always like to throw my knife in that one of those same ziplocs too hey here's a question now you know we've come to this sort of habit on our farm and we, we kind of assess the situation do is it your recommendation to always do the field dressing right on site where you recover the animal or we've kind of found sometimes if it's in the swamp or someplace where it's uh, not conducive to doing that field dressing we'll we'll make sure of course like you said that we'll tag the deer but then we'll we'll maybe throw it in the back of a pickup or a ranger bring it back closer to camp we've got a little area that's off to the side and out of the way and and do our field dressing there is there any I mean, it's nice to get it done as soon as you, as soon as you can, but if you have a, you know, a better facility or just a better area, somewhat close, it can wait a little bit, but it's preferred to get it done soon. If you find that deer soon after and, and, uh, can haul it to a better spot. Before we go much further, we need to uh, really get into the cutting part because that is really the reason why we wanted to get you on because that's kind of your expertise. So what, once, yeah. once we have a deer, um, we got it hanging, we got it, we got it scun. What things do we need to do before, or what are the first things we want to do when we go to quartering that deer out? So of course, having a few sharp knives around, you know, the sharper the knife, the better. It's uh, so much safer for trying to push through, uh, you know, say the hide, stuff like that. So you're not using so much force. And then after you skin the deer, what we like to do too, is take a, um, 
say a weed burner or a torch of some sort and just barely touch the outside of the animal. So all those, those hairs that happen to get on the outside, they'll, they'll shrivel up and burn up into just a tiny little ball or fall right off. And that, that makes it so much easier down the line instead of picking off those little hairs. So you want to do that before you rinse the animal too. After it's wet, they, the hair sticks a little bit more. Has this dry, just hit it with the torch and, and uh, rinse it. It's not necessary, but it's, it, it's definitely nice. And then rinse, rinse the whole thing down real nice. If you have uh, a water source around or just chugs of water, whatever it takes to get that animal nice and clean before you uh, start processing it. Of course, having a clean working surface is always always nice. And, um, you know, some people use some cardboard or whatever if you have a workbench that's not necessarily clean enough for processing food on. You know, it's good to remember the whole way along that you're going to be eating it. So whatever is, uh, if there's any questionable pieces or, say, like the area around the shot, make sure to trim that off. And, you know, there's always a possibility of some bo- some uh, either bone or um, lead fragments in the area. So around the shot, just go ahead and trim around that pretty good. Great advice yeah. to get that stuff cleaned up. Um, so when you're going to quarter it, what are, you know, especially now with some of the travel restrictions, I assume you just take the back straps out and then cut the quarters off. Is there anything else that I'm missing? If you take a saw, you know, and it can be a small hand saw, whatever, but um, the front shoulders will come off pretty, fairly easy with a, just with a knife. You know, the rest you can saw. Otherwise, you know, some people just do the whole whole deer as it hangs and just trim off everything that you, uh, you know, trim all the meat off and, you know, make one pile for your uh, uh, burger because there's always going to be some trims to grind in the burger. You know, a lot of people, too, will take that, that burger and freeze it to process that at a later date because you don't want to bite off more than you can chew when you're starting to, uh, to process so to where you get rushed. They have a have a little bit of a idea of what you all want and your package sizes, stuff like that. Have your packaging ready, you know. And the packaging, that's there's plenty of options out there for that too. That could uh, be anywhere from vacuum sealed to um, say butcher paper or even Ziploc bags. Make sure too to to uh, label all your all your cuts as you package them because. Later on down the road, it's kind of hard to tell what's in that package when you take it out of the freezer. Yeah, label the cuts and with the year on it just in case uh, you you find something in the bottom of the freezer that you didn't know was there. All right, Ryan, we got to get moving. The segment's over. Um, We really appreciate you coming on Gone Outdoors, and we hope that uh, you're going to be able to do at least one or two of those deer for your own family this winter, this fall as well. So, uh, Absolutely. I hope so. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, good luck out there, my friend, and thank thank you again. Well, there you go. The last shot, the last cast for the weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Appreciate Scotty Brewer, Kyle Agri, Pat Stockdale, the Central Coast Outdoors Report. Don't forget, podcast available at kfjoe.com, also Outdoors News, blogs uh, at kfjoe.com on the Outdoors Live blog page. You can email me, outdoorslive at gmail.com. This has been the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the mighty 790 KFGO, FM 94.1, 104.7, KFGO.com, the KFGO mobile app. Until next time, I'm Doug Lear reminding you, as always, keep your lines tight and your powder dry. Have a great one out there.